Good morning and welcome back to High Point Online. My name is Andy. I am the lead pastor here and it is uh, great to be here with you this morning wherever you're watching from. It's always a delight to get to worship with you. Great to have you here today. Today I want to speak to you very specifically about investing in the next generation. Now, regardless of your your, your situation, your, your scenario, everybody has some uh, proximity to the next generation. And here's what I mean. Whether you know, maybe you're on a team at work, maybe you oversee that team, you're the director of the team, maybe you're just on it, right? But there's, there's always somebody coming up behind you, the next generation of people uh, at your workplace. Uh, maybe you're an actual teacher, and so you're literally investing in students. Uh, maybe uh, we're talking about your children or your grandchildren. Or maybe it's something as simple as just your neighborhood or your apartment complex. All of us have some proximity to the next generation. Now, hold that thought for one second, because all of us desire fulfillment in our lives, And this is a bold statement that I'm about to make, but I stand by it and I believe that it's true. That if you want to experience true fulfillment and satisfaction, soulful satisfaction, you need to have a relationship with God where God knows you and you know him. And I would submit to you that part of also experiencing fulfillment and satisfaction is experienced when you invest in the next generation. When you allow your life to make a difference in those coming and following behind you. That's what I want to speak to you about today. Because for many of us, the conditions in our lives, uh, we allow them, they creep up. Maybe you're, maybe life is just crazy. Maybe it's insane. Uh, or, or maybe your values are just different. R- regardless, a lot of times we miss these opportunities. We miss them. We dismiss them. We ignore them. And the very thing that could not only change the world and make a difference in the lives of people around you, but also the very thing that brings life to you, fulfillment and satisfaction, we miss it. Today, we're going to do something about that. In 2008, I had the opportunity to to test pilot an app in the app store. Now, if you, if you remember in 2008, the iPhone was just dropping and the app store was just opening up. And there was an app that, 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 that was part of kind of the, the opening, opening day, I guess you could say. I don't even know what you call it, right? But it was the YouVersion Bible app. Many of you that are watching today right now uh, have the YouVersion Bible app downloaded to your phone or your iPad or device. Uh, and if you don't, by the way, uh, we can help you do that uh, if you'd like. I had the chance to test pilot this thing. And like any test pilot, any feed, you know, the company wants feedback. And so, you know, you're monkeying around with it. You're fidgeting with it on your, your phone device. And then they asked you a series of questions. How did you, how did you enjoy reading the Bible on your phone? I thought it was okay. Okay. Um, would you continue reading the Bible on your phone? Probably not. This is 2008, might I add. These are my answers. Would you recommend other people, would you recommend our app to other people to read the Bible on their phone? Maybe. What is your feedback for us as we're blah, blah, blah? My my response to them (laughs) 
was that I didn't think people would enjoy reading the Bible digitally or on any device at all whatsoever. That was my ultimate feedback. More or less, I thought they were wasting their time. <laughs> Meanwhile, the app has been downloaded now 330 million times. It's one of the most downloaded apps of all time, and it has been downloaded in every single country, and it has contributed to more Bible reading than anything in basically the last 100 years. I think we can all agree that I missed this, and I missed it big time. What's funny is I read the Bible today on my phone with the YouVersion Bible app. I pretty much use it every single day. But in that moment, I missed it. How many times have you missed things, right? You dismissed it in particular. We do it all the time where, where you know, we're used to life being a certain way. Uh, you know, we have our routines and anything that kind of disrupts that, we, we kind of just, uh, we, we dismiss it. We don't want it entering in. We don't want it, you know, messing things up for us. We dismiss feedback. We dismiss conversations. We dismiss relationships. How many times have relationships been brought into your life? God ordained, but because it didn't look a certain way or the timing wasn't good, the packaging wasn't right, we dismiss it. Maybe the pace of our life is so intense that feedback on anything, you just can't hear it. Sometimes we have a worldview that's so defined that the thought of anything contradicting what we believe, we just push aside. We refuse to even acknowledge it, consider it. We dismiss it. See, there are God opportunities in your life. I believe right now in the life of this church, wherever you're streaming from, part of this church, there are God opportunities for you to invest in the next generation. And I'm asking you to stop, consider, and allow yourself to, to be open to the possibility of how God might want to use you. Most opportunities are dismissed from a perceived lack of time, energy, and courage. Today, we're going to open we're going to we're going to hold all of those things with an open hand today. Turn to Mark chapter 10 verse 13. <clears throat> we see an encounter with Jesus. This is going to be our text today. It's not very long. We're not going to bounce around to other passages. We're going to stay right here. So if you've got your YouVersion Bible app open, <laughs> you can turn to Mark chapter 10, or you can follow along on the screen. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. Now, there's a lot 
that we could unpack from this passage. It's not, a, it's not long in length, but there is so much here. And we won't even be able to get to all of it today. But understand, Jesus has been teaching. Jesus has been preaching. Jesus is healing the sick. Miracles are happening. This is, I mean, it's, it's on right now. The disciples that are following Jesus, his, his band, his team of guys, they're beginning to like this popularity. If you, if, you, if, you, if you miss it in the text, or not this particular text, but in the, the grand scheme of Scripture, we see the disciples arguing about popularity. We see them arguing about, you know, who gets to sit where. We, get, we, we see them arguing about who has, you know, authority in this and that. They are digging all of the, the, the kind of fame that's beginning to happen because Jesus is becoming a big deal as he's preaching and teaching, and understandably so. He's healing the sick, driving out demons. Crazy things are happening. And so the disciples are looking at this, and they're kind of running ops here for Jesus. All right, we got a rodeo here, and we got to facilitate this. We got villages to get to. We got people to see. We got important things to do and important people to get to. We got goals. We got, we got, you know, we got numbers we're trying to hit here. And you know what doesn't fit into this agenda? Children. We've got tour dates here, and you know what, what doesn't fit? You know, what, you know what's not in italics anywhere? You know what's not in, hey, here's a little break, or here's a little departure from, from the normative preaching? Time with the kids doesn't make the list. This is bottom of the rung here. In fact, the disciples are looking at these kids and parents as an absolute nuisance to what they consider to be mission priority. To the disciples, kids aren't the mission. But to Jesus, couldn't be more opposite. We see Jesus operating here and, and leading and loving and sacrificing literally just his time to invest in the next generation. Children are Mission priority. The next generation is mission priority. You've got to hear that today. We've been in a series called This Is Who We Are, and now we're shifting into a, another three-week series called This Is What We Do. What do we do? We bless the next generation. And we do that by giving our life to them. Showing them, teaching them, loving them, literally helping shape them to love and know Jesus. Now, when parents were bringing their children to Jesus, it's interesting because, you know, you, if you look at like Renaissance art, right, and Jesus is blessing the children, it's always this very solemn, you know, the hand is up, blessing upon the little one. I mean, it's just this, the most solemn, stoic thing. But I want you to catch this. This, is, this isn't the Jesus that we really see in the scriptures. This isn't the heart of God. When Jesus is, is, is blessing the children, it says he's, he's literally like bringing them onto his lap. He's probably looking at these kids and he's talking about how big their muscles are. He's probably like, look, how'd you get to be so strong? Look at your sandals. How are you so fast? 
you're awesome. How'd you get to be so tough? You're beautiful. You're smart. You're so this. You're so that. Do you know how much God loves you? He loves you with an everlasting love. The Bible reminds us that Jesus, you know, they wanted, the parents wanted Jesus to touch the children, which was the sign of a blessing, the mark of blessing in this moment. This is what we're called to do. To bless and to reach the next generation. Because the next generation matters to Jesus, the next generation matters to us. I remember when I was 13 years old, I, I made a decision to follow Jesus. I was riding in my dad's car, and he literally just looked over at me and was like, Hey, son, are you ready to do this? <laughs> like just typical dad fashion, right? Hey, it's game time, son. Come on, are you ready? And I looked at him, and I you know, was kind of like, actually, yeah. I am ready to do this. I needed a little prodding. I needed just a little bit of push from dad. And, and it wasn't long after that I got baptized and I started following Jesus. And make no mistake about it, I, there were certainly bumps along the way. But my relationship with Jesus in terms of me, you know, kind of lying in the sand moment started at 13. And, and then as I went to college, I got involved in a campus ministry. This was later in life, obviously. I'm 18, 19, 20 years old, and I'm experiencing discipleship for the first time and, and and young people hundreds of young people passionate for Jesus and it did something inside of me I was a Christian before but this just lit a fresh fire inside of me I was living for Jesus many of you that are watching made a decision to follow Jesus and you did so probably at a fairly young age in fact, statistically speaking, if we were all in a room, I'd make you, you know, I'd make everybody kind of raise their hand at, at what point they, they did this. I'm not going to do that right here because most of you are watching probably from like your living room by yourself or with a couple other people. Um, but look at the person next to you and, and share it if, you, if you've got a, a moment, right? Tell them when you actually made a decision to follow Jesus. How old were you? Because for, the, for most of you watching, you did so before you turned 30. In fact, the vast majority of people do so before the age of 25. But for just for stat purposes, 97% of people become Christians before the age of 30. And 64% of that do so by the time they turn 14. 14 years old. Which tells us that God moving, number one, God loves to move in the heart, in the hearts of young people. But it also should tell us to think about how we invest our time and energy and resources. Because the next generation is waiting for you and for me to do it. <clears throat> Over the pandemic, a lot of churches, including ours, we were trying to figure out what on earth to do, right? We, we literally built a production crew team. If you know Catherine at church, you may have seen her. In fact, she's going to comment right now and say hi in this moment. She leads production at High Point. She's been crushing it. So has Dan, uh, you know, a person on our production team. We have volunteers. We built a whole team, right? Trying to figure out gear, and we are still 
researching different gear and cords and we're building studios in my base. I mean, the whole nine yards. It's crazy town, okay? So there was a lot to figure out. But one of the areas for many churches where we, we, we just, we didn't know what to do was how to engage our kids. And I'll never forget at Christmas time, you know, my wife has been leading High Point Kids. I walked into, you know, my living room and I see my kids in front of a computer screen filled with all kinds of boxes, all kinds of other kids, and they're hearing the Christmas story and they're playing games. And if you've never tried to lead 20-some-odd kids on a Zoom call, you have no idea what difficulty is. Okay, imagine trying to herd 20 cats onto a, a computer screen. Now you know what it's like leading a Zoom call. Amy's over in the corner. You know, I can tell like this is, she's on it. She's crushing it, but it's nerve wracking. It's stressful. You got, you know, all these moving parts and kids and our kids and the dog and blah, 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 blah. And I just, I thought to myself, this is such hard work. And it's also, like, it's innovative work, but it's work worth doing. Because while not everybody knows what to do in this moment, we're going to do something. Because we value reaching the next generation. We believe that God wants to do something extraordinary in their lives. And I believe God wants to use you to do something extraordinary in their lives. We believe in reaching the next generation here at High Point Church. What will we do to reach the next generation? Let me tell you, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. If that means Zoom calls during a pandemic, that is what we will do if it means that we will have the chance to share the gospel, to pray, for our kids to experience community and the life of Jesus. If that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. Later on, just recently, in the height of the summer, in the heat of the summer, you know, we opened our home here at our house. We call it Summer Nights. Right. The pandemic was waning and, you know, people were feeling pretty good about things. And, and so we we had all the kids from High Point Kids in our church come to our house, middle school as well. We weren't sure how it was going to go. We got volunteers for it. We invited kids in the neighborhood. And we had upwards, we had over 30 kids at our house at one time. OK, 30 kids in our house. It was bananas it was nuts it was crazy and we divide you know they're playing games they're having fun then we're dividing into kind of a group by age and people are getting into the bible and they're getting to pray together and they're building friendships together was everything perfect absolutely not but was the gospel at work was was the spirit of god at work yes it was and yes it has been and there are kids who've never read the Bible in their life, learning to read the scriptures, hungry for more. 
We've got kids in our neighborhood, I kid you not, who are getting on their bikes now, riding over to our home, into our driveway, waiting for one of us to pull in, and there they give us their prayer requests for the day. This just happened this past week. Why? What's going on here? We see young people being drawn to Jesus. Don't fall for the lie that the next generation can't or won't have a relationship with Jesus or that somehow they're so this or they're so that and you know what, oh, this, this generation. No, don't buy into that. If we will just get out of the way and let the Spirit of God and the love of God work, we're going to see an amazing move of God in the next generation. I want to be part of it. And our church is going to be part of it. This is who we are and this is what we do. We reach the next generation. We love and value the next generation. What will we do to reach them? Whatever it takes. My house was filled with kids who were sweaty, who were stinky, who were sticky. Why? Because they were eating candy and popsicles and things. And we went to bed exhausted. And I want you to know, it was absolutely worth it. And the next thing that's coming will also be worth it for the chance, for the opportunity to reach and invest in the next generation. At our church here, we've had two services that are happening at High Point. You know, we, we, we realize we've, we have a new facility, and that facility is a blessing. There are also, uh, we can all look at each other and say there are some limitations. And if you're streaming from a different city, you wouldn't necessarily know what those limitations are, but understand we're in a historic church, and that historic church has some limited uh, space options like kids' space. <laughs> so there are some challenges here. And one of the things we haven't been able to do is, is offer anything for our kids. But because we value reaching the next generation and because we value discipling the next generation, we couldn't just stand by and not do anything. And so one of the decisions that we made was to scrub the 930 service for adults and make it a 930 service just for kids. Why would we be crazy enough to do something like that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because we love and believe in reaching the next generation. This is who we are and this is what we do. Let the little children come to Jesus. Don't get in the way. Don't hinder them. If we have the most amazing worship and the most amazing preaching and all kinds of adults, but somehow aren't able to hand the baton to the next generation and have them grow up loving Jesus and having a passionate relationship with him, then we are not winning. We're not winning. If we can't reach or won't reach or won't invest in the next generation. So what will we do about it? Whatever it takes. 
we don't have space to offer a kid's ministry, so what we're going to do is offer a whole service just for them. 9.30 to 10. Do people think we're nuts? Maybe. I don't care. <laughs> we're going to do it. We're going to try it. And we're going to trust God because we believe in reaching the next generation. Here's what I want to invite you to do in a message like this. It's a different kind of message. It's more of a vision type message. Uh, our story as a church started out with Amy and I moving here, basically knowing nobody. And what started with, you know, a couple adults here, but, but really what, what got things going was, was our Bible study that started at Kennesaw State. And a Bible study that started with a lacrosse team. Uh, the ladies lacrosse team, as a matter of fact. And that's where things really started to snowball. And we believe in our movement, in our ministry, in reaching the university campus, and reaching high schools and middle schools and the next generation. And that means that we get to invest our time. We get to invest our abilities. We get to invest our resources in doing so. And so your action step today, while yes, it's to commit your life to Christ, yes, put your faith in Jesus, but also do something very specific today. There are ways for you to serve and there are ways for you to invest literally, tangibly today. So here's what I want us to do. We've got a 9.30 service that's be that begins, well, it <laughs> begins at 9.30. Shocker, right? And there's ways for you to serve. If you would like to take a step of faith and you've got a heart for, for serving with our young ones, well, then today's your day. I want you to text HP Info to 97000, and there you're going to see a link for you to sign up to even just get information on how you might be able to get involved with the next generation here at High Point. You can also give. You, there, I realize there are people who are like, I, I have a really hard time, you know, with teens or a hard time with college students or a hard time with little ones. That's reality. We get that. I'm not making light of it. I think a lot of folks can, can stretch and, and let God grow them in those kinds of areas. But I also want to give you another lane here. You can give and sow in financially to help build this moment. For our kids. All of these things that we're doing as a church, they cost money. They require resources. So you can help by sowing in. How do you do that? Text HP Info to 97,000 and give today. You can just give to the general fund and give towards reaching the next generation. Man, we get to do this. We're privileged to get to do it. You can pray, you can serve, you can give. These are all ways that we can make a difference. And now I'm going to get, leave you with one last thing. Because there's no reason that you can't do this wherever you're watching from. Because sometimes, you know, I realize as I'm preaching, it can feel like, like the church is limited to this very defined space in Atlanta. But it's not. You can start a Bible study. You can start a little, a little moment in your apartment complex or your neighborhood. You can literally get in, in, in touch with some parents, let them know what you're doing, get some pizzas, invite some kids to your house, literally, and get in the Bible together. Start a life group, a small group for middle schoolers or high schoolers or, or even younger than that. You can do this. 
You can invest and make a difference in the lives of the next generation. Don't believe the lie that you can't. You can. And I believe God is calling you to. He's calling us to. So let's do it. Father, I thank you in this moment. God, for the calling upon us as a church. God, not to be consumed with our needs, but, but literally to be a church that's willing to sacrifice, willing to give time, energy, resources, to be courageous, to try new things, all for the sake of reaching those who are coming behind us. Help us to be a people, Lord, who hand the baton of faith to the next generation. We love you and we worship you. Amen. Great to have you here this week. Let's go do it. Let's make disciples. Let's change the world. And let's reach the next generation. See you next Sunday.